This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. The smirk or the smile on my face will tell you all that this podcast will be a little different and very special. Today, I have this opportunity to have a conversation with Oni Sen. Oni is my baby brother, and I'm one of the luckiest person on the planet to see this cool person blossom and evolve in life. Oni is a storyteller who has directed some of the most watched and most acclaimed miniseries in India. Oni graduated from National Institute of Design, which again, I think, is one of the toughest institutes in the whole planet to get in. Since then, he has directed numerous ad films and miniseries. Oni is known for his ability to understand human emotions and for his amazing understanding and details of the narratives. He's also a photographer and an illustrator. What wows me is every time he tells a story, the uniqueness of his storytelling. But most importantly, he always stands out naturally, not artificially, to be only Oni, unique Oni, and has no pressure ever to conform and be one of the pack. Oni, it took a while, but glad you're here and welcome to Secrets to Win Big. I'm glad to be here. So first and foremost, Oni, today I want to understand a little bit more about your storytelling. Okay, And I really want to share my admiration. I don't do that all the time, is really admire your work. And being in Houston, look forward to any time any of your ads or miniseries are releasing. The first question, why do you tell stories, Ani? Well, the simple, uh, the simplest answer would be I don't know how to do anything else. Uh, but that's actually not the right answer. I'm sure I could do something else. Uh, because, you see, from my childhood, our childhood, uh, stories have been mm, a very important part of our lives. Everything, if you remember, because we grew up at a very unique point. Uh, when there was no, of course, there was nothing called internet. We didn't know what internet was. Everything we learned, whether it's history, geography, whatever else, uh, were stories, right? Uh, the If you remember the things that we used to wait for, like every morning, the newspaper used to be flung into the house from this guy who would go on a cycle, right? He'll fling it into, the, into our uh, veranda. And I think both both of us knew the days the newspaper will be a little heavier because that's the day there will be a comic book inside, right? And then we will wait for the afternoon because that's when we were we were allowed to read that. Now, what were we waiting for? We were waiting for stories. Right? Starting and then moving on to uh, our one of the 
persons who sort of influenced me, both of us, uh, my Jia, grandmother, uh, there, everything, from everything I remember was all a story, right? And at that moment, it became, it was almost as if it was natural. It's only much later in life I realized um, how important it was to explain uh, simple things where uh, I remember once uh, I had lied about something, right? Uh, which I did often. But uh, there was, uh, instead of being reprimanded for my lying, I mean, of course, I got reprimanded as well. But uh, I remember Maiji uh, told me this story of lying from Mahabharat about uh, Ashwatthama and the elephant, right? Now, the point is that, uh, and thereafter, she actually spoke to me about different kind of lies. Now, um, we all lie in life, right? About, you know, hide the facts about various things at various points. But I think that moment in a, through a simple story, as a bunch of stories, she communicated something very, very deep, uh, which has stayed with me forever. Now, coming back to why do I tell stories? Uh, I, I believe that uh, if I need to communicate something, there is no better way than through a story. Right? And the stories are all around us. Sometimes you don't need to invent stories. Um, it's around us at every moment. And uh, I guess that's one of the reasons why I like telling stories. I'm stuck at one thing you said. We both grew up with the same grandma, Maiji. Why the heck did you get the special royal treatment? For me, if I lied, it was the snacks. I can still feel it here. I never got stories, anything like that. Maybe you were born with extra gold card, special kid, but another day, another discussion to go through. But I think, you know, that was very powerful because, you know, for us, everything was, you know, even TV was just coming. Everything was writing. Like, we used to like read the history book of Kundra and the stories we created in our mind or when there would be a load shedding and we would sit in the balcony and Maiji would tell a story. Or I still right now remember when Maiji would take the sari and become a Roman emperor and talk to me friends, Romans, countrymen. I'm like, wow, you know, <laughs> it was all about stories and imagination and how we created because we did not have a visual impact. There so, is one small thing, uh, if I may add to that. Uh, it was also about us creating our own stories. So going by the television thing, if you remember uh, Saturday and Sunday during the movies, uh, so there used to be movies on, on our television um, uh, programs. A lot of times we were not allowed to watch because it was not age appropriate or we had to study. So I remember in our next door neighbor, whose windows I could see, there was a big photograph of one of their ancestors, which had glass, which was at an angle like this. Out there, their television used to get reflected. So I used to sit there, uh, see bits of that reflection through or over that photograph of their this old gentleman. And there was no sound to that. Through that, I used to, I was, I used to concoct my story of what could have been happening in that. And that was so thrilling, man. Anyway, so yeah, stories. 
Life was simple. So now that what we got there, I want to also understand a little bit unique because that's the part I want to go a little deeper into you is you were born different, but more important, you had confidence to be different from an early age. These are things I didn't like about you is I used to work extra hard to get permission from my, our dad, Bauji, to go to a movie. You four years younger walked in and told Bauji, Bauji, I'm going to the movie. And before he reacted, he said, Bauji, I'm just informing you. I wanted to be here. You were different. So I want to go into the difference and build on that. And in the storytelling world, you have continued that. You have continued that which was in your DNA. How did that unique difference of Oni storytelling blossoms in the stories Oni tells? Uh, well, mm, honestly, I don't know how unique my storytelling is, but I guess, uh, but I try to read into stories uh, in my own way, in my based on my own understanding. Now, uh, before I get into that, there is one thing which I which I very strongly believe in um, is that, which is what I was mentioning just before this, that there are stories all around us. We just need to pick. Uh, there are two things: stories and emotions. Those are things. Uh, you can't you can't really create invent a new story it's there you can mix and match and tell a story and make it as believable as uh, as as you can and uh, now like i said you know there is um, you know what i try to find there are two things which i find i won't call it unique but there are two things which I really get really excites me and I try to follow that. One is that how to make, find a story in the mundane. Uh, by mundane, I don't mean mundane. By mundane, uh, I don't mean boring. By mundane, I mean, I mean that's something that we find and feel in our, in our everyday life. And uh, there's one very important thing about storytelling is the person you're telling the story to, you have to make it as relatable as possible. After relate, after you make it relatable, then comes your engagement, right? And then comes excitement, then comes everything else thereafter, right? Because if you haven't gotten that person you know, to relate to your, your story or your character or empathize, then you lost that person, right? So now the most amazing thing is how... Um, because I, a lot of times I remember when I was growing up, even thereafter, and that's also one of the roots, I think one of the reasons why storytelling excites me is that at every moment, I used to find, um, which I do even now, I try to pull myself and see um, if whatever moment I'm going through and I'm, or I'm seeing around me, I try to pull myself and see where is the story. If I had to narrate the story or stage that, how would I stage it? You know, um, it is a bit of an out of body experience, but uh, I really enjoy doing it. And what happens thereafter because of that is whether it's a, a son, a, I mean, a, a boy showing his school report card to his father, where out of 10 subjects he has failed in eight, 
there is a story there right uh, there is a there is a beautiful story there painful yes because you might get whacked once or get reprimanded but there is such a beautiful story of the the boy and the father and how the boy would try to maneuver the discussion towards something else to get out of that moment now that is a story which all of us can relate to right and uh, so coming back to uh, you know the kind of when i when i make films or when i make tell stories i i try to make my moments and my events as real as uh, as possible which we can relate to uh the other thing which i find very interesting and which i uh, try to follow in most of the work that i do is the stories of silence um it's it's a bit like how uh, you know uh, when we were in design school and uh, in a design school when we were doing say typography or composition there is something which we were taught that uh, a negative space sometimes tells a story uh, which is deeper than the positive space right so it's between so it's almost like there are two alphabets the the negative space between the two alphabets actually define the two alphabets because if it's not correct it will not look correct so the same way in a scene or in a story or between two characters mm, the silence sometimes tells more than the words and that i have tried consciously very hard uh, to to work on over the years and uh, and i really enjoy it i mean i can you know i can give you examples of stuff but i i really enjoy a lot of times i go through a scene and i cut out cut down all the dialogues and uh, i said okay let's just do it in silence you know how do you feel this so so i think those are the two things which i personally love sort of exploring and i guess that's unique love that love that and as you were talking about silence you know recently i was talking to one of the top you know late night show stand up comedians what he told me was the difference between an okay comedian and an amazing comedian or a stand up is the urge to pause and he explained to me that initially if you would put 20 you know one liners or whatever it was in a 15 minute session now he does put five and when i asked him why he said there are two reasons one he explained to me like streaming he said even though i am familiar with it it takes people time to process and to come back process and smile but the bigger answer he gave me was priceless he said oh it gives me time to look around and savor the smiles on people's face i'm not here for money i can make money in 50 different ways i'm here to pick every smile from every person and put it in a little bag and i just love that little child like feeling that was there so i want to take the storytelling to a next level because if you go back to all your work you constantly evolve i want to understand where does that drive come from where does that inspiration come from because it's very easy 
for you to find a formula and keep doing the same thing, same way over and over again. Okay. In Hollywood, Bollywood, everywhere, we see people who make obscene amount of money doing the same thing, but you're different. Like, how do you reinvent? What's the inspiration? What's the drive to always get to the next level? Um, see, I, it is to do with, uh, so if I need to define, or rather answer what drives me, right? Uh, or what makes, what, why do I look? Try to get better. What drives me to get better? Okay, what drives me to get better? Uh, is there a, how, if I can make people feel, right? This is, that I feel is the most important uh, part of me making films or telling stories. It actually sounds very simple, but I mean, you know, as well as I do, it is not. It is probably the toughest thing to do. It's like when you've written your books or when you when you do your, uh, you know, talks and otherwise, or it is about how do we make people feel? And, uh, and I find, and it's a struggle. Sometimes I can, after I'm done with it and I watch it myself or I see people watching it, I know that I missed, I missed it by a bit, right? Or people felt something which is totally wrong. I mean, by wrong means not what I meant. So it's a learning. Of course, it's a learning for me how to, how to make it, uh, how to make it better. Now that, I feel that what is most fulfilling uh, is when I, when people feel something that I had, uh, that I had intended. And what is even more fulfilling for me is when people feel something which I had not thought of or intended to, but in the same grain, right? So I, I'll give you an example uh, of what I mean by that is uh, many years back, uh, I had done this uh, uh, project, uh, a docu, docu feature called "The Saints of Sin," and uh, and it was about uh, the seven sins and stories of uh, eight women, Indian women, and uh, and they were real stories, and they were talking about their lives, and so I remember when I was. Um, I had done this by with a with a friend and produced it myself, shot it myself, directed it myself. So and there was no, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do with this film. And uh, later, when I started showing it, there was one uh, in a design festival in Pune. In a design festival, they were screening this film, and I walked into the room, and there was a. There were about 30, uh, 40 uh, people there. And they were all young youngsters. They were all design students. And and I was wondering that uh, it's a wrong forum, right? It's a wrong forum. It's a wrong place to tell the stories uh, because it's eventually talking heads, women who are talking. There is a whole bunch of folk songs, uh, very static uh, film. And uh, so I gave them a little talk and then I went out. Uh, I was having some coffee where the film was happening. It was 80 minutes long. And I came back when it was done for a Q&A session. It was 
it was amazing what i saw inside they were about uh, they were all nobody had left uh they were all sitting there there were six seven of them were in tears and uh, and the moment i saw those faces i knew that they had felt it right they have felt the stories they have felt uh, everything that i had put into those 80 minutes and there are two of them who came up to me later who had no questions came up to me and shook my hands and uh, said you know thank you for making this i see my mother in this and uh, which i felt was so beautiful and that film didn't get me any money that film didn't get me amazing amount of acclaim or anything else but i thought i made people feel and that is what keeps me going and pushes pushes me to get better at making people feel and i think that's something if i can keep doing always in different ways i'm happy you know i think there's no bigger reward than at the end people connect and as you talked about relate and connect is very important as we were talking about feeling and evolution after i wrote the book customer karma the book that okay few years later it hit me and i started doing a search and replace in the book in the whole book after 20 years of so called cool corporate experience i missed the most important concept so what feelings the word feeling is not there even once and and to me again you know i wrote a book that was good enough but what i learned was that whole journey of blind sight blind spots what you do not know what you do not see it only comes to you when the time is right i think maybe i was not ready to own feelings before it took me a while to be feeling sensitive but i think that is very important is at the end of the day the worst conversation is at the end of a conversation the other person looking at you and saying are you done thank you no that like the, even the handshake that you are talking about like you can feel that it's a different handshake so i want to evolve from here so this part is little like a quiz okay i want you to talk about three words of praises that describe you or your work and i want to put you on the spot by saying imagine i am introducing you to a group of movie makers in new york what would be three words of praises i will use to describe you but here's the catch after you do i will read to you from five different individuals what their one liner about you is and i really think it would be fun to see how you see yourself and how others see yourself and it is very flattering just i'm not trying to put you on the spot it's very flattering what others think can we can we do it the other way around i'm sorry it's not an open book test good <laughs> <laughs> try i don't okay this is really tough because i've never i and and terrible at describing myself um i mean i can talk at length about what i do but uh, so if i had to describe if you had to describe three myself words, three words or phrases 
Okay. Okay. Um, Anything that comes to the top of your mind, because honest, honest, yeah, uh, passionate storyteller. Right. So these are again. Don't try to find out, figure out who said what. Okay, this is not the exercise. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. The first one is truly understands human stories. The second is the details with which he builds characters. That is what makes it relatable. The third person, I think, was struggling to separate you, the person from your work, talked about calm and cool. The next one was which I really felt was the most unique of this because I really started thinking about it and it was very powerful. If he chooses to ignore something, it is his tactical tool. And this right away, Oni, I started relating because if I take the work away from you, when I talk to super CEOs, most super CEOs know what they do not want to do, what is out of scope. And this really hit home, and I want to repeat again, is if he chooses to ignore something, it is his tactical tool. Next one is, he does not rest until he delivers his creative best. And the last, a tremendous creative artist of the highest order, hiding under a totally unassuming persona. His hair may be the only giveaway. I really think you struggling to answer this question really validates this particular individual's thoughts and reflections. So as you listen to all this, what went through your mind? What are you thinking? I think people are kind. <laughs> but uh, but I think, you know, just going back, not going back, just to reiterating this thing of feeling, uh, there's this one more thing which I wanted to add to that feeling part of it. It's it's not just uh, the people who I am telling the stories to, right, or the viewers of the of the film or the whatever I'm making. Uh, I feel people who are part of my journey, say the actors or my team members, my cinematographer. Uh, musicians, whoever, I make sure they feel what I feel or what, what I want them to feel at that moment. Because, you see, I'll tell you. So, very simple. Uh, you see, we are all a resonance of our actions, right? At every point. So, for instance, nobody, none of us, very, very rarely, we act, we always react. Right? We react to a moment, we react to ourselves, we react to our surroundings, whatever happens to us, we react. So in a scene which is being played out, um, I very rarely, when we, are, when we are shooting, I very rarely tell an actor what to do. Mm, because I don't know, I'm not an actor. I don't, I don't, I think if I tell an actor what to do, I'll probably limit that person. I tell the actor what to feel um, when he or she walks into the scene, what to feel during the scene and when, what will be the residual feeling when he or she walks out of the scene, right? And that is something which has helped me immensely because you can see some serious magic happening 
and that's something because most of the actors I work with, they know that's how I work. And uh, because you see, events don't make narrative. It's the feelings that make narrative, right? So the same way, uh, my cinematographer uh, and my operative cameraman, who we who I work very closely with, I always explain to them. Of course, that the the feeling of I mean the the movement of the scene and everything else is fine, but what is the most important feeling I need to get out of the scene? So they are focused with me to capture those bits. They are not capturing a scene of event. They are capturing a set of feelings. The same way when a musician scores, uh, before I get into anything of uh, we should have this kind of instruments, this kind of thing, is when I go through that scene, this is what I need to feel. You need to make me feel that, right? So, and I this entire thing of making somebody feel is something which I try very hard to follow in every little step that I follow, that I, that I take. So, yeah. What I like about what you just explained to me, little tiny world, because not don't know much about this industry, is feelings have to be authentic. They cannot be faked. If you don't feel it, you cannot transform. And as I was listening to you, I also realized as the director, you are getting this common thread of feeling through the cinematographer to the musician, everybody. So till they all feel, it's like you're an orchestra conductor. You're getting everybody to feel when they feel, then the magic happens. And I'm getting dangerous listening to you. So I'm learning more about feelings. So with all these where is Oni heading to next? And I'm not talking about projects. I'm just talking about bigger picture, vision, because projects is too tactical. I can talk to you about that any day, but I want to use today to know what's in your mind. Like, where are you thinking of going long term? So, uh, see, our, uh, firstly, our industry is right now going through um, a huge sort of turnaround, uh, change turnaround with with uh, uh, technology, AI. A lot of things will not be the same anymore. But there is one thing I feel will not change for a while, at least, um, is feeling and storytelling, right? Um, I want to continue doing that, but I want to get smaller. What I mean by that is that, you see, we all have this thing of getting bigger. By bigger means go bigger projects and bigger things and bigger stories. Uh, it's exciting. It's definitely exciting. It gives you a high... Um, and I'm not going to shy away from that. Uh, and whatever I'm planning to do in the near future, some of them are, you know, big uh, in terms of scale and storytelling and everything else. But I want to get smaller and I want to get simpler because I feel that the, um, you know, it's like they say that a simple story simply told is the toughest story to tell. And I want to keep at it 
so that I can get so simple that uh, you don't even realize that I told you a story, but you felt it and you walked away with a smile or with tears. And that's where I want to get to. Smaller, get smaller, smaller stories, smaller projects, uh, eventually. And again, I think this takes me back to where I started this conversation, that you always go the path less traversed. Anybody else at your position, I would have heard that, hey, I want to make this bigger project, even bigger, Hollywood, Bollywood, intergalactic, will play in Mars. But I really love the way you think and taking it back. Now, Ani, as I was researching, it came to me that you recently were recognized with an award about IMDb. I want to congratulate you, but I really want to ask, why the heck does Oni not put those things on social media or anywhere else? Like, how do you process these? And what makes you being authentic? I'm not critiquing you. I just want to understand why the urge to keep everything to yourself and not share these? Uh, I... There are things that I'm not good at. I mean, there are many things I'm not good at. Uh, some of those things which I'm not good at is to talk about myself in public or to somebody else. Uh, I'm not good at that. And uh, also, I feel uh, uncomfortable uh, talking about, okay, I got this award or this recognition. Uh, it's not a not. I'm not very proud of it. Let me state it very clearly. I'm not very proud of it, but it's uh, it's who I am. So, and even you're without the award, but you're not proud of the fact that I'm just want to separate. That no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm very no. I'm 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 proud of the award. Yeah. I'm grateful for the award and the recognition. Absolutely, because you see, uh, ours is not internal storytelling where we tell a story to ourselves and sit in a room. It is for public consumption. And uh, going back to my sort of last web series, which I did uh, season one and season two, was one of the most popular ones. So it, it really amazes me. And I really love the fact that, you know, people reach out and congratulate me and tell me that, you know, I've, I've seen it, I've loved it. Not some people say I didn't like it, but the fact that they've seen it. So I'm I'm really grateful for that. But it's just that I have an issue. I don't know how to. Um, I will learn. That's one of the things which I will learn hopefully at some point. How to talk about myself and uh, in in social media and. Got it. So getting there. For the next podcast. <laughs> so this one is a very simple question. One thing. Okay. You have to go back and change one thing professionally. Redo do it differently? Is there anything? It could be nothing, but is there anything that if you had to go back a little differently? Lots of things. I can write a book on that. There are, so there there's this thing. Is there, that, that, is there a pattern in that? One thing. No, so, so, so there are a couple of things to that. One is that um, there was, there were, there are, projects that I do and after I finish doing it I look at it and the first thing that I keep praying when I watch it that I hope 
everybody don't catch on to all the mistakes that I've made in this, right? Um, they really glare and they really bother me. And there is very rarely, I think there are probably uh, maybe two pieces of work that I've done where I feel that, you know, there's no, at least to me, I haven't found any mistakes in that. But rest of it is full of mistakes. So to answer your question, if I um, could go back and change a bunch of things, I would definitely change a whole bunch of things in a lot of projects, a lot of films that I've made, and uh, maybe a couple of choices, maybe some things that I said no to, even though I've always tried to... Um, pick up projects which have spoken, talk to me kind of thing, not just about money. And uh, But I would have probably said yes to some of the projects and not said yes to some projects. So, yeah. I want to reflect on this and be just for a second an older brother to you. I really feel mistakes are very strong judgmental words. Now, mistakes are like an X. Red, wrong. None of us make these mistakes intentionally. At any point of time when you made those choices, at that point it was the right choice based on resources you had and the best you could do. None of us at a point in a decision making have the amount of time you have later on to sit and look at things in hindsight. And it took me a while to get there. But now I have a very, very simple rule. Rule one, Arjun makes no mistakes. Others can think, but I feel I make no mistakes. Because I intentionally give my best, and that's all I can do. Which means when I go back into past, I only go back to the past for two things. One, to get a highlight reel and celebrate. That's it. And second, Learning. Learning is very different from mistakes, but I really want to just bring that because as you talked about, I think, you know, we both grew up in a world where conforming was important. I used to conform. You were the cool kid that was there. And I'm so glad somebody even mentioned that. But from here, I just want to take the conversation totally to a different area. Right now, at the end of this podcast, you open your email and you get an evite. The evite is for an event for 18-year-old Oni, Oni today, and 100-year-old Oni. Three of these Onis will meet. So question one, where will they meet? One place. Question two, what would the aura of the event be that day? And finally, what would one thing each one of them will say? Place, aura, and one thing 18-year-old Oni today and 100-year-old Oni will say. Think of tough questions, man. Hey, I came ready. <laughs> so, um, first question, where will they meet? Uh, I think they will meet uh, at a place which has been 
one of the most formative phases uh, in my life, which is the my NID loans. Uh, because that place has really changed my life. And uh, uh, then what will uh, so the, the next person... What will the environment be? And then what is what one thing every one of them will say? Um, I... I don't, I don't, I think they will not probably be very kind to each other. I'll tell you why. When I was 18, I, uh, I'm positive in my head. I want, I wouldn't have uh, settled for whatever I'm doing now, right? Hmm. Um, I mean, uh, I guess uh, you know me and a lot of things which I won't talk about, but I was a different kid, right? Mm. So I won't be very kind towards this uh, man who talks about storytelling and whatever else. So I'll think that, you know, you know, dude, get a life, man. You know, that's one thing. And, uh, and, the hundred-year-old again won't be very uh, kind uh, towards the eighteen, and the, I mean the hundred-year-old will probably won't even look at the eighteen. They're not worth my while, kind of thing, right? And uh, and and looking at the current one will probably you know say, "Dude, what were you doing? Why so you're wasting so much time? Look at me now." I could have been so much better, done so many things. If you had just worked a little harder and done things differently that time, you really messed my life up, man. So I I have a feeling that it won't be a very pleasant conversation between the three. Got it. You know, I've asked this question nearly 200 times. Okay. And this is the most unique answer I've ever got. Okay. Every time the common theme between for the last 199 times maybe I've asked is about holding hands, dancing together, like you complete me, you set me up. But this was the first time you showed me it's okay to have regrets, conflicts, and coexist. All three of them are you. And I don't... 18, I, I I mean you you knew, I mean you knew me. I, mean, I think you were out of home when I was 18, but you got a drift of it. Mm. I, was a, I was a, I was not a very nice friend. I'm not going there. And I also feel the word no has a lot of connotations. I'm not going inside that. But I really feel that important to look at is there's a pattern, there's a trend. And I really think that that Oni standing for unique, being who you are and comfortable, I think is very powerful. Hmm. Tony, this was a great conversation. Okay, I really appreciate you opening and sharing. And I am also appreciative that it takes a podcast to get to know this other side of your brother, and I'm really grateful. So finally, because you've been so kind to answer every question, if you have any question, not too difficult for me, it's only fair. I have a uh, question which I was 
meaning to ask for a while, but then I uh, was looking for the right forum. And uh, why do you do these podcast secrets to win big? Because it's not about, uh, you know, your getting more recognition, getting more. It's not that at all. I'm, it's something slightly different. So what is it? Why do you keep doing it? And what do you get out of it? So my life initially was too planned. Then I learned this whole concept of unintended learning. Many a time, we search for what we think we need to know that really gets us in a very tunnel vision. Like if you take me to a different country and I do not know what food to want, being in America from here, I want to go and ask for a place by saying, get me salad with grilled chicken. Okay. I do not know. They have 500 different things that I would like better. And I found the only way to go into the world of unintended learning are these podcasts. A 16-year-old young entrepreneur, she had just sold her second startup. And she was taking an extra year before she took her admission acceptance to Yale. I had to ask her, are you never afraid? And she looked at me and said, Arjun, I look at fear to be a wall. Every time I see fear, I get excited because all I know is once I see the wall, I throw myself and every time I get on the other side. Honey, where the heck will I get this kind of unfiltered, pure wisdom? Okay. And that's, I think, is this podcast is every time I get excited because some are goofy like sometimes people get too tactical they try to sell and you and i both know is the world is too small to sell and that's one of the reasons because i also listened to a decent amount of podcasts before i started i realized that podcast hosts over time have a tendency to become experts they will take every answer and spin it into their answer. And after some time, I've also been on a podcast where I don't have to say anything. The person keeps answering all the questions himself. And I would, after a few times, just say a word and pause and the person answers. It's beautiful. So the smartest thing I did accidentally or because of Clint McCaskill and my team was the design of the podcast logo is half my face. So every conversation I today start by getting, getting excited by who will complete the other half. Because the other half is the unintended learning that will enrich my life. What will I do with it? Who cares? Because in life, I feel too many times we get too excited about connecting dots. Today, I feel, no, I want to collect as many dots. If I have only two dots, only thing I can draw may be a straight line or a curve. If I have one million dots on a page, think the art that we can create, like it's mind-boggling. It's an amazing challenge. And that's a long answer to your simple question. And truly appreciate you answering. You know, asking no. I mean, the reason I asked this was I was envious. Because, yeah, it's amazing what you do. Thank you. You can have your own podcast, Secrets to Win Bigger. You can do up to that. And you can, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give that to you. Only thank you again. 
truly appreciate it. This was amazing. Was looking forward to it, and I'm glad I did that. Thank you. Was that was lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.